0: By the time you hear this podcast, Billy might want to lay down.
1: Side-down. Something went screwy, and before you knew he was trying to kill everyone.
0: So uh, <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen Spider-Man, the the first with Tobey Maguire, that is.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be a, a, like. A, I thought it was just you know the character, but it's actually like he's <laughs> telling you the first movie.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, as we did with uh, we did American Pie. Oh yeah, he, with he did Star with the Wars. yeah the um episode one yeah. Oh god, that's I didn't expect the part about the green goblin and the power ranger suit. I didn't expect that. Oh, oh that's man. good. <laughs> you still got it.
0: <laughs> Welcome to by the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg and I'm Ben and we're here on a nice Tuesday evening. On a Tuesday. Yep. Not going to a club though. Nope. Got to work in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, thank you to everyone who's watching and listening and downloading and um, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Who appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to tell people about us, uh, if you're on our Facebook live, you've already found our Facebook page more than likely. Mm -hmm. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. There's also our website by the time you hear com. the Facebook URL and the website are spelled with the word U. Y. O. U. if you want to get with us on our Instagrams, we're on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're at, uh, at by the time you hear this spell with the letter U because
2: we're upstanding.
0: Yes, we yes, are. We are. And, <laughs> uh, that is also the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com. And, um, I got an email. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um <laughs> this is from Winbin Fang, uh the founder of Listen Notes Inc. Listen Notes is a podcast search engine. Okay. Uh similar to Google. Uh you can go to listen dot com and search uh search keywords, basically Whatever you put in your show notes, if you have a podcast, you can, you know, people can search for podcasts based on what people have put in their show notes. Okay, that's basically. cool. Basically, so um, send an email saying that our podcast has been listed there so you can find us on Listen Notes. Nice, nice. Uh, he says we don't even have to do anything. So <laughs> <laughs> um, just to continue to make uh, good show notes and people will be able to find your podcast using a wide range of terms, of course. Okay. So yeah. Uh, shout out to listen notes for putting us on your, um, on your search engine and, uh, for others, you can go there and search terms and look for other, uh, other podcasts. There are probably podcasts, certain podcasts, music <coughs> podcasts especially that are talking about certain subjects that we will discuss or that we have discussed and um, okay, um get a lot of different perspectives on what people are talking about.
2: So I just did a search um on there, put in Depeche Mode 101 and did it by date and we're the first one that shows up. So yeah, that's pretty cool. All
0: right. What's that? What's that other one? What's that
2: one? Neon Lights. I don't know if they did...
0: uh one on one on one, but just
2: Depeche Mode comes up. But
0: okay, yeah, but uh, so are we the first? Well, well we're, the fir- we're the first podcast on Listen Notes to discuss recent, the yeah. Depeche Mode mm-hmm. documentary. <laughs> well, no, for most
2: recent, so there are some more. I don't know if they discuss it. So, like, I put in Depeche Mode 101 and uh, a lot of Depeche Mode. So, there's one um that looks like it's in Spanish that mm. discuss, it. I don't know when they did it though. Uh, this was two months ago, but if you go like by, um, although this is okay, so this is interesting. I might just check this out. There is a podcast just called Doc Talk, called and it's IDFA podcast, International just Documentary Fester, Festival in Amsterdam. Mm. Three months ago, um, Depeche Mode invited. Okay, so this is they're they're talking about the film on this podcast. It's it's a film about just, it's a podcast just about documentaries. They did it about three months ago. Um, but okay, in terms of just like, <laughs> but like, if you do it by, like, by date, we come up, we're the most recent to do it. So I'll take go. it. Take it. <laughs> David Gahan's one and a half dance moves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can, uh, go there and, and search, um, just search and yeah. find podcasts that may have talked about subjects you might be interested in. All right. So, um, if you want to listen to us on the go, uh you can listen to us in a number of ways. If you have an iPhone, you can go to the Apple Podcast app aka iTunes. If you have an Android phone, you can go to the Google Music app. You can also listen to us on Podomatic, TuneIn, um Overcast, Castbox, Auto Radio and Satchel Podcast Player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh let's get into the show, man. Um before the show, um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh boy. <laughs> well, we'll we're, 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 we're start light. Let's, start, Let's light. start light. All right. So I played um, a song by an artist named Mason Ramsey,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, otherwise known as the Walmart yodeling kid. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's got a, um, he's got a record contract with Atlantic. He's got his first single out. Uh, I played a little bit for Ben. What did you think of it? Not bad,
2: not bad at all. Actually, I want to know who wrote it. Um, This happened so quick. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I just heard. I feel like I just heard about Walmart Yoling Kid like last week, maybe the week before. Yeah, because he ended up performing at Coachella. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, he performed at Coachella. I saw some pictures. Like he took a picture with Justin Bieber maybe a couple other people but yeah, he performed at Coachella and he um, uh, he's got a record contract he's got his first single out everything's happening really fast for him man I'm looking here and I'm seeing like the video was posted like
2: in April (laughs) so last month so last (laughs) month and this kid is like I'm trying to see when huh Okay, so this is funny. He says Yodel Boy. Oh, that's what they call him. <laughs> he was on Ellen. He says he's performed at Walmart fifty thousand times. What were his parents doing? <laughs> were they just going there every single day, three times a day? Like, oh yeah, Mason, he's got a show. Where? At the Walmart.
0: <laughs> does it? Does he need to be in school? School.
2: School. I, I'm gonna. Where is he from? Maybe they don't value education. <laughs>
0: A a place where it's okay to love Hank Williams that much, that much, (laughs) that much.
2: Kid's too young to know who Hank Williams is, but okay, yeah. So the original was posted on April fifth, twenty eighteen. So less than a month later, he's got a record deal. He's got a single. Um. I feel like we're going to find out something about him. Yeah. We're going to find, I just, I just got that. And really not about him, about his parents. We'll find out something about his parents. Um, But Hey, you know, power to him, right? <laughs> yeah. Less than a I month. mean,
0: this is the power of the, <laughs> of going viral. Yeah. And of what can happen if it's seen at the right time by the right people. Yeah people try to go viral all the time, but it's something you can't, you can't force it. No. Uh, and if they had been going every day, (laughs) (laughs) several times a day, it's, it took up until a month ago for someone to catch on. So for someone, for the right person to see it, (laughs) uh, yeah. And that's basically what going viral is. You can't, you can't, Oh, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm trying to go viral. I mean, you can try, but you can be at it for a while.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the I like, guess the power of technology and so- social media, man. Yeah, like this is crazy. Like a skinny nerdy kid singing Hank Williams in Walmart is now on talk shows. He's got a record deal. The picture actually looks pretty good. Like he's <laughs> he performed at a huge music festival. He performed at Coachella. Yeah. I am 33 years old. I think, I'm pretty sure I'm 33 years old. I have to call my fiance and ask her, and I, I, I will probably never perform at Coachella ever. And I've, you know, I'm, I can admit that. Unless I get called yodeling in viral. Walmart,
0: you got to go viral, man. Maybe I, I don't know it. how long it's going to take, but that might be what it takes. If I go yodeling <laughs> Walmart and see what happens,
2: <laughs> I don't think I get the same response.
0: No, no. Mm-mm. I mean, well. You mean by singing Hank Williams or just by singing anything? It's, well, yodeling for one, because I can't. But <laughs> I don't know if they'd
2: appreciate Hank Williams
0: at the oh, Walmart's I go to. Uh, wasn't there? There was a. It was a black guy on mm-hmm. X Factor or mm-hmm. America's Got Talent. One of those. He's singing country song. <laughs> uh huh. Did you ever see that? I did not. Did they boo him off the stage? Or no. Did he sound good? No, like like the way he was dressed, they thought he was like a rapper or a dancer or something. Oh, goodness. And he got up there and started singing like that? It, it was like, so it was like, baby, lock the doors and turn the lights. Yeah, he oh, started snap. singing that song. Oh, God, like
2: that comedian, um, the Asian guy that has, like, the really deep Texas accent. Yeah. You just don't expect it. You yeah. don't expect it. That's actually kind of cool. I was of like, we can sing country music. I mean, I feel like Darius Rucker, you know, kind of opened that door. Darius Rucker it, and Charlie it's Pride still
0: open. No one wants to walk through it, but it's open. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they let us. <laughs> Darius Rucker and Charlie Pride. They opened the door. And, well, and Ray Charles. And yeah, Ray Charles too. Yeah, he did some. He did some country blues. Yeah, you know. If, if so, if we want to walk through that door, we can. You know, join our brother in arms, Darius Rucker. I'm pretty sure he'd be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> he, he's
0: probably standing there like, hey, come on, yeah, it, it, it's alright." It's like, hey, the first um, couple
2: years, gonna suck. <laughs> but
0: I don't, I don't know.
2: It's like, but once they get to know you. They don't drop the end bomb as much. Like they just <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> like if you walk up on them and you surprise them, they might do it. But like, you know, if they know it's you, you know, they don't they don't do it.
0: Yeah. Hey, it's that uh uh it's Darius.
2: Darius <laughs> Why didn't he say so, man? <laughs> Honey, put your purse down. <laughs> it's, it's just hootie. <laughs>
0: Um, All right, but yeah, feel a good story there. You know, hopefully that kid does well. <laughs> uh, speaking of someone who they may, who may be spoken to that way in the near future, Kanye West has um, been in the news lately. That's that's a light way to put it. Yeah. Uh, he was on TMZ today. And um, let's see if the video will play again. What did Hank say? That boy ain't right. So Kanye's been in the news, uh, you know, for his support for Trump, and here we go. I
3: don't think people necessarily understand what happened last week with the Great uh, America Make America Great Again hat. What are you trying to do with the message you're sending?
4: Well, it was really just my subconscious. It was a feeling I had, you know, like people were taught how to think we're taught how to feel we don't know how to think for ourselves we don't know how to feel for ourselves. people say feel free but they don't really want us to feel free and I uh, I felt a freedom in, first of all just doing something that everybody tells you not to do I just love Trump that's my boy like you know it's like so many rappers you look at a video of Snoop Dogg Loving Trump, but then he get in the office and I don't love him. Like, Trump is one of rap's favorite people, no, right? but we, we, we talk about <laughs> yeah. this, that before he was yeah. elected president, people yeah. in hip-hop, they, it was it was an in thing to put Donald Trump yeah. in your rhyme somewhere. Yeah. And by the way, right. I am in hip-hop, but I'm not just in hip-hop. I'm a black person, a black community, but I'm not just. that. I feel like one thing is people try to minimize me to artists, hip-hop, uh, black community. Yeah, I'm always going to represent that but also represent the world when you hear about slavery for 400 years for 400 years that sound like a choice (laughs) like you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all you know like it's like we're we're mentally in prison i like the word prison because slavery Goes di- too too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. So prison is something that unites us as one race, blacks and whites being one race, uh, that we're one. We're we're the human race.
0: All right. Before <laughs> we continue, this is the guy who made a song called Black Skinhead. Yeah. And new slaves. And new <laughs> slaves. <laughs> From Jesus, which an album that um,
2: probably should have been more criticized than it was, but we let primarily it primarily. It's
0: <clears throat> it's incomplete. Some songs were complete, and then others weren't. So yeah. it's an incomplete album. But the thing is, um, it's it a guy who was seen as socially conscious or someone who was who wanted to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in music, but in other things he wanted to pursue pop culture period, really in pop culture, you know, he wanted to be taken seriously as a fashion designer. (laughs) He wanted to be taken seriously as, um, as a businessman. He wanted to be taken seriously as well. Yeah. I mean, even with starting his career, he had to be taken seriously as a rapper Rapper. because (laughs) his background wasn't street enough You know, Mm -hmm. even uh, like Dane Dash reluctantly signed him to Rockefeller. Yeah, you know, he was just he was there as a producer first, but as an artist, uh, there was some reluctance there because rappers are supposed to have a certain image. You can kind of actually now you think about, you can still kind of hear it in his voice. Yeah, he sounds very proper,
2: which is not a bad thing. You let me let me put that out there too. That's not bad to sound smart, but. I don't, I don't, I mean, well, I told you my opinion. I I think Chris Jenner is pulling some strings here. I think he is out here acting a fool. Like you said, they had that meeting. She's the puppet master. And she was like, any publicity is good publicity. And he was probably like, I don't believe these things. And she's like, you don't have to believe them. You just have to say them. <laughs> you just need to get it's out. It's all the about news. getting
0: the attention. Get,
2: yes. Win the press conference and sell some records. what did did Jordan say? Republicans (laughs) like it's I mean that's the only thing I can think to explain the complete 180 because let us not forget this is also the same guy who stood up with a very awkward uh, Mike Myers and chastised the media for the way they portrayed people of color during Katrina Um, and ending with the George W. Bush does not care about black people and we saw Mike Myers' head explode and you know of course then we saw a confused Chris Tucker which those are the funny parts but still like
0: I'm still not sure that Chris Tucker was actually confused I just think he was he wasn't caught. ready he wasn't ready to go because they just went right to him yeah. probably, he's like, like I'm, not, I'm not ready yet
2: he was eating a sandwich he was like <laughs> oh, he just threw it down <laughs> wasted a good rye on wheat uh, but it just it didn't <laughs> but yeah like this is this is that person that said that, you know, what that was. How how long ago was this? I'm trying. I can't remember how long ago to Katrina was maybe 10 years ago. Uh, Katrina was 2005, 2006, 2006. So about 12 years ago. I can't imagine he's changed that much. People do change. I get that. But I mean, this would be a complete literal 180. And it's just hard to believe that he believes these things. Either that or like they said, he's high. I don't know. That's that's what that's some really good stuff. If he is and
0: and probably I guess the thing that I'm kind of I've kind of seen it both ways. But Mm -hmm. what I mean is before people jump on me, (laughs) um, he said seeing Donald Mm -hmm. Trump running for president inspired him, Mm -hmm. made him believe that he can be president. That really anyone can be president because <laughs> you look at the president, you look at our current president and you don't think, oh, that's the president of the United States. No, you don't. And I can understand someone seeing him and thinking, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Basically, even
2: more so than when people are like, oh, well, a C student can be, you know, president when Bush is in there. But Bush came from a um, a political family. Yeah. <laughs> like, he might not have been the smartest, although he, he was Ivy League educated. Um, I, and I think it was more so he just didn't speak well. So when you don't speak well, you look dumb. But he was he came from a family. His brother was a governor. His father was president. Like, he had connections. Donald Trump was just a rich dude <laughs> that liked to talk. And, you know, we've, we've seen that. We saw Ross Perot try that, and it didn't work. Yeah, and then somehow
0: Donald Trump, I guess you could say, conned his way into office. If there was, if there was a Chris Jenner level puppet master in politics, yeah, this is something that has been they've been trying for a long time. Yeah, they tried it with Ronald Reagan. He was kind of too old. Yeah. He, was, he was a <laughs> he was Hollywood senile. actor, but he was he was too old. Yeah, uh, they they tried it with with Jesse Jackson, uh, yeah. and then he made a comment about Jews, so that kind of ruined it. Yeah. They tried it with Ross Perot. Oh, he's a billionaire. He likes to talk, <laughs> but he was he was a little too out there. Yeah, and he ran independent, and, and you, it, just, yeah. you can't do that. They tried it with um, who else? They tried it with after that Herman Cain. To a
2: degree, I mean, Herman Cain is a talk. Well, yeah, I guess he's a talking. He, man. He's a guy
0: who had, who had made some money. Mm-hmm. He's a businessman. Godfather's he Pizza. Ha- <laughs> he has some. He has some kind of. Uh, had outside out. the box ideas, mm-hmm. but then when he was accused of sexual harassment, it kind of derailed his whole campaign. It wasn't yeah. like he was going to win, yeah. but <laughs> that kind of derailed everything. everything He's yeah. kind of gone away completely. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> think he does his, sh- his show anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was like once Herman Cain like started gaining some traction, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're almost there. <laughs> He's a he's he may be the wrong skin color, uh, so we should get a white guy. No, no, no. Somebody, somebody like get an orange guy. Get an orange guy. Somebody who tans too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's he uses spray on tanner. He doesn't even like go to the beach or anything. Um, Likes to marry models and then divorce them. So I think Trump is the <laughs> he is the. Uh, he is the end game as far as whoever was putting these certain people out there yeah. to run for president.
2: Kind of like, you know, like, like the dog that catches its tail. Like you just you <laughs> didn't expect it to happen. And now that it has, you don't really know what to do. And maybe Kanye, because didn't he announce he wanted to run anyway. 2020? He said he's going to run in 2020. So like maybe he was he's really like, man, like at first I was kind of kidding. And then Trump won. And, like, in his mind, he hears Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. And so now he wants to run. I don't know with whom, but he wants to run.
0: (laughs) And uh, I guess the – so I I do see that side. It's – if he can – if Donald Trump can do it, I can do it. But then on the other (laughs) side is, like, from what you've expressed before, Mm Mm-hmm. And how you have worked to get to a point of respectability. We have seen in this less than two years of a presidency, what has unfolded mm-hmm. to where I don't know if this man's going to jail or not, if he's going to be impeached, but it's like there's no level of any kind of certainty Mm-hmm as far as what's going to happen day to day. Yeah. Anything can happen tomorrow, you know? Uh, and the controversial things that he says, like basically he had a rally over the weekend to where basically he's like, people need to vote Republican in the primaries or I'm going to be impeached. Which was
2: probably the most honest thing he said his entire presidency.
0: And people are probably going to do it. Just so like, well, um, I'm voting, I'm voting for the Republicans so we can protect the president
2: or so we don't get Mike Pence, which could be worse, but
0: who knows? I really, uh, well, I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure if it'll be worse. So because Mike, Mike Pence, he probably won't talk. Well, I'll just put it this way. He won't, he won't hold these, he won't be campaigning for president what seems like the day after he was elected, he's already campaigning for the next election. If
2: anything, I will say this. And it could be dangerous, it could not. At least Mike Pent has like actual convictions that he believes in and he doesn't, as they say, whoever is the last person in the room wins. Whoever's the last it? person to
0: talk. That's who that's who Trump's going with.
2: Yeah, so people they're like people just hang around the meeting
0: so they can be the last person he talks to. <laughs> You won't get that with Mike Pence. And you got people who aren't, um, I guess, aren't insulting you and then it gets out. Yeah. Your Secretary of State called you a moron. Doesn't get out, yeah. Your Chief of Staff has called you an idiot multiple times, apparently. So, yeah, so if Kanye runs. I was kidding.
2: I don't, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, he's just saying some off the wall, like, slavery was a choice. And then I swear, I thought he was about to go into Holocaust denial, but I think he was like, maybe that's a line. Chris was like, you can't cross that line. You can't make them mad because they control Hollywood. Or it was something. funny with, probably, uh,
0: with the with the two guys, like with Kanye being on TMZ, he's like, you know, Trump's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Straight face, the, yeah. the two hosts. The hosts didn't, uh, didn't, they didn't say, not budge. when They're he like, said
2: slavery was a choice, they were like silent, like.
0: I'm not touching that. No, I think, I think they were trying to like hear him out mm-hmm. and not react. Like don't react. <laughs> he's going to say something crazy, but don't react. Let's, let's see where this goes. Like a misbehaving and child. then we'll say something. <laughs> um, he's not going to burn the place down, but if gonna... he does somehow, you know, then we'll step in.
2: Will he trash his dressing room a la Chris
0: Brown? <laughs> if We don't agree with them. Um, so here's the rest of the, uh, of this particular clip in which Van Lathan, um, who's in the newsroom, the TMZ newsroom. I see him a lot. Like I, whenever I get my haircut, I'm always, whenever I go, TMZ live ju- it's just coming on. So I get to see this show a little, quite a bit. And uh, I see Van Lathan on there a lot. So um, I bet they were loving this. Or like, this is gold. They're just like, Harvey was, I don't know about everyone else. dude. <laughs> dude
2: he was like, we are going to make, we're going to make so many, so much money off of ratings. It's like, you kidding me? He can come once a week.
0: <laughs> so here's what, here's what happened. Uh Kanye asked, like, do you, don't you feel that I am thinking freely? Mm. Um, and here's how
4: they feel responded. that I'm feeling. Do, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? I actually actually don't think you're thinking anything. I think what you're doing right now is actually the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because, Because Kanye, Kanye.
0: you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact and real world, real life consequence behind everything that you just said. While you are making music and being an artist and living the life that you've earned by being a genius, the rest of us in society we have to deal with these threats to our lives. We have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people
3: was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed, I'm appalled, and
0: brother, I am unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have
4: morphed into something, to me, that's not real. Bro, you gotta be responsible, man. Then Kanye bro, is walking sorry, over gotta, to you him. You gotta be responsible. No, I'm, I'm sorry I hurt you, bro. Mm-hmm. Your voice is
0: too big. You gotta- you, like, some, I, I think, I, I feel like the white people in the office probably thought there was going to be some kind of fight. <laughs> Are they going to shoot each other? Like, I bet you someone thought that. But I think I it was really, more, I thought he was going to fight him. I was like... No, I don't, that, like, I don't think Kanye I was not think Kanye him. Well, I didn't hear him say, him I'm to sorry fight. to hurt
2: you. I didn't hear him say, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: the way he, like, he... He didn't look angry walking over to him. I'm mm-hmm. like, he's probably going to try to, like, give him a hug or something. He's like, I'm sorry, man. Let's hug this I'm sorry sound, I man. hurt you. But I still love Trump. Like, I, like, I still <laughs> think, think this is like, a choice.
2: Oh, on, man. <laughs> I still think that slavery and the Holocaust were a choice. Hear me out. No, man. Hear me out. <laughs> no, I will not hear you
0: out. So, uh... <laughs> Is this promotion for his new projects? I want to know what the
2: people he's working with think. So he's he's producing a Nas record.
0: Where is Nas? We're probably not going to hear from Nas at least until the end of the month, to mm. so to where we are sure the album is coming out on the day that Kanye said it was. Um, John Legend has been texting him. Yeah, and, public, and he and he is yeah. he is shown to be very patient. But it's but I guess it's because if you if you're not being um, if you're not at at, on the extreme side of this is wrong, Kanye, Mm -hmm. then that means you're on the extreme side of Kanye is right. Mm -hmm. That's how a lot of people on social media think today. A lot of people that are younger than us, you're either on this side or the other. It's like. There's no middle if ground. You, if you love Kobe, you have to hate LeBron. Like no, no, nope, It's not how it works. You know. I mean, I can understand if you're a Lakers fan, you probably hate the Celtics just because you know history like that. But just because of two players um, at the time, you, you had to love one and hate the other. That's well, it, it's the not, absence that's not of what this is here
2: in this generation. Sadly, it's the absence of moderation. Like people don't yeah. believe you can be in the middle. Like, you have to pick a side. And it's, you know, and it's, it's like.
0: it's, <clears throat> to be moderate is to be on. The wrong side. <laughs> the wrong side. Yeah. To either party. To either yeah. side. So,
2: honestly, I think, if anything, I mean, I look at this the way I would look at it with any of my friends. Kanye and John Legend are friends. And he's probably looking at this yeah. as like. They've been friends for a long time. My friend needs help. I'm going to be here for my friend. He's adding crazy. I mean, th- um, we've all had that friend that did something stupid. And you don't just, you know, especially if it's someone that you've been friends with for a long time, you don't just all of a sudden cancel that friend.
0: Uh, T.I. made a song with them, Yeah. Hey, versus the people. And it was like a debate. And yeah, at the end of the song, they're like, yeah, we can we can go on for hours yeah. about this. <laughs> T.I., he doesn't agree with what Kanye is saying, but he's not giving up on him. Yeah. So. He's like, I'm I'm still gonna talk to him. I'm still gonna be his friend. Mm-hmm. Chance the rapper is like I'm still gonna be And
2: they attacked yeah. him for that. They attacked Chance. Yeah. And all I mean it's like, dude, like, let's not forget, like, he kinda helped me out <laughs> to get to where I am. Yeah. I'm grateful to him. He's a friend of mine. I'm not gonna turn my back on him just because of what he's doing right now. I'm gonna talk that but that's what friends do. And unfortunately because of the way that things are set up now we're so close to celebrities that they probably feel like they're his friend and like no you're not his friend you're just somebody who follows him on social media and will criticize him if he does wrong and praise him and and worship him if he does right which can be dangerous i admit but it's just like you know since we're so close we feel like we know them and we can we can diagnose them and i mean for all we know of course we have our our quote-unquote theories who knows what he's going through who knows what's going on and only his only his closest most personal friends his i know kim his wife came out and she was you know defending him against a lot of people who were criticizing him so who knows what's going on but if i'm just being fun with it i really think it's chris jenner <laughs> <The>
0: puppet
2: master <laughs> it's really chris <laughs> jenner you know like i never heard her come out and denounce kim's sex tape that's all i got to say never heard her denounce anything that her kids have done in the name of fame why would this? This is her. This is basically she her son-in-law. not say
0: anything about Tristan Thompson. Just right, like Chloe, you just ride gotta, ride mm-hmm. gotta ride this out. Gotta ride this out. This is her over. son-in-law. <laughs> so basically,
2: she's just like whatever happens, happens. Like she's probably she's like, right, though
0: and Kim, just ride this out. It's yeah. gonna blow over."
2: Kim's like, "Oh my God, he just says slavery's a choice," and she's like, "That's another million records right there. Like, that's <laughs>
0: another." <laughs> like, look, his albums one platinum. Pusha T's album's going platinum. <laughs> Nas' album's going platinum. Tiana's album is going, going platinum. platinum. Her man out here cheating on her, but she's still... <laughs> now, do you want to keep sending
2: North to private school? Hmm? Hmm. Do you want to? If you want to go to public school, then by all means, I'm going to apologize. But if you want to keep sending her to private school, you need to tell him to start denying the Holocaust. Like You need to tell him to start doing everything. He needs to... <laughs> he needs to... Find the grave of Harriet Tubman and, tub right and now, spit on it. Right <laughs> now,
0: North can go to private school. But by the end of this, she can buy a private, private school. school. <laughs> you can buy a wing in the private school. Um honestly I think that and the thing is, um it's another you hear how black people will I only hear it when like black people denounce each other as black. Like, oh, you're not black anymore. Yeah, and that and so, does and upset like me. With the all, with the uh, the such and such and so and so is invited to the barbecue. Yeah. Um. Or uh, making a reference to the racial draft, the black delegation selects. Yeah, I see that a lot on Twitter. Only black people do that. Yeah. Like black people are they're already ready they ready to, to, to trade Kanye. Already. For Eminem, actually. That's what I last saw. Oh, I saw Kanye for Gary Owen. Oh goodness. <laughs> I thought he was already on our team. <laughs> <laughs> but I like why would no like but that I can appreciate someone like John Legend and T. I and Chance the Rapper, who if they are really his friends, mm-hmm. they're gonna try to Talk them off of these talking points because I don't. It's hard to see. Like for me, for a while, it's it's hard for me to see what do what do Trump supporters see. I don't get it. Yeah. What what is Kanye seeing to where you can get behind this this guy? Yeah. It's 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 just hard to see. I don't I don't think I'm being blind, but I think all of the stuff that should be detrimental outweighs whatever good he's done which i can barely see
2: we can let's, I, I would say let's talk offline about it cuz i can i can after talking with the few i can tell you what they see all right cuz i've I, i've asked i i uh unfortunately well, am not going to say unfortunately i got this from my dad sometimes you got to go to the other side to see what they're thinking and i've been on um R the donald which is the subreddit um that basically worships the ground that donald trump shuffles on And it can be scary at times, but it offers a lot of insight to why they think they're just as right as the other side does. And it's, it's interesting. And I don't subscribe to it because I don't, I just don't want to, but I can, I'll every now and then I'll just go there and I'll scroll through it. And in their heart of hearts, they think they're making good points and sometimes they do. But like you said, it don't outweigh the bad. <laughs> it doesn't outweigh the bad. Um, and they believe their own, they believe their own version of events, which is the biggest part of it. They'll have their own version of events and they'll believe that version of events and no, no other version of events. And so in their mind, they've justified it. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah before we get too political.
0: Yeah. and i they just made me think of the uh the white house correspondents dinner that happened over the weekend. Yeah, i need to see that. i haven't and seen it yet. I haven't even seen it, but it seems like every every year that 45 is in office, mm-hmm. and he has there's a go. white house correspondents dinner, someone's going to be mad the like the the monday after yeah. because of a comedian telling jokes, which you know and it's a they roast. Do. It's yes. a roast. Do y'all know what a roast yeah. is?
2: Ever since no, someone said it ever since um Obama got him at his Oh with the lion carriage. Like he won't <laughs> go. <laughs> They're like, he won't go. Like Obama got him shook. He won't go again. Because he was so in, he was his ego was so bruised, he just won't go. They were like, at that moment he
0: decided he was gonna be the president. <laughs> But they're saying, like, all this, this filth. And how could you have her? Like, did y'all know what this was? It's a roast. It's <laughs> supposed to be. It's supposed to be jokes. Yeah. Isn't it? But whatever. Um, it said the White House Correspondent Association should be ashamed of themselves. And, and I saw this clip on The Daily <laughs> Show in which... Uh, I mean, she for she works for the Daily Show, right? She Michelle used to. Wolf. She has she has her own show now. Okay. on Netflix. Good for her. Good for her. But she um but what what Trevor Noah was saying that it's it's bad when someone else is someone is making jokes about the president. Mm-hmm. But when the president is making jokes, they're excuses for him. hmm Like with all the stupid nicknames he gives people. Mm-hmm. Um They're so like, yeah, the the president was just, he was just making a joke. It was, you know, it was a sarcastic remark. Mm -hmm. If you guys had a sense of humor, you would understand.
5: Yeah.
0: Yeah. some irony there, but anyway, (laughs) um, got some other stories here really quick. Cardi B's manager, former manager is suing her for $10 million. And a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, he is claiming breach of contract. And, uh, In late March, prior to Cardi B's debut album, Invasion of Privacy, which is released on April 6th, she parted ways with the manager and signed with a management division, (laughs) solid foundation, the management division of quality control that also manages her fiance, uh, manages his group, known as the Migos, our friends from Gwinnett. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the manager, her or her former manager, Clonord Raphael, um, and his label, KSR, and management company are plaintiffs in the complaint. And he claims that Cardi B's new management deal is not valid due to our pre-existing contract with his company. And in the complaint, he alleges that without actual knowledge of Cardi B's exclusive management agreement, um, Basically, the other company intentionally interfered and deprived them of substantial income benefits and advantages it was entitled to receive under that agreement. So basically, since she signed with somebody else (laughs) and this album has gone gold and platinum very soon after its release, uh, he feels like he's missing out on some money. Well, that's how everyone, that's how it always is. <laughs> and he claims he discovered Cardi B in 2015. And um, this representative said he claimed, he, he discovered Cardi B and he played an integral role in developing her career, her music career and public image. Uh, I feel like he went as far as getting her on love and hip hop. Yeah, but I'm just guessing, I'm just guessing if he did more, so be it. But I think that's just where she went. Maybe that's all he was
2: like. That's all it took. Once I get her on there, man, she just went. She got live, man. She I was like, all right. Yeah. Uh, I still have yet yeah. to see her on a, on a single. Well, I've never seen a single episode of Love and Hip Hop. So I have no clue what she was like on there.
0: Why? And the, the reason, uh, like, for people who don't watch it or who trash it a lot, the reason why I call her the Love and Hip Hop legend is... A lot of people who are on those shows, I've never heard of. Uh, they're regional celebrities at best. Mm-hmm. Some I, I have heard of before and they're on this show. Maybe they're trying to get something together. Like um, Remy Ma is on there and... She was nominated for a Grammy last year. So she's had some success. But Cardi B is was the like the breakout star. She was on there for two seasons.
2: K Michelle was on okay. I reckon I see that. Yeah, K Michelle's
0: days. on the Atlanta cast. But Cardi B kind of like she came up on the scene, blew up, and then left. She she got out there because some people are still on there today. They've been on there for like years. <laughs> and have not even come close to having an opportunity to have the success that Cardi B's had within the last year and a half. Really? Lil Mo was on there too. Yeah.
2: Huh? Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know
0: any of these people. <laughs> so it's like, it's people you haven't, you haven't heard of or some, or some that like had, um, uh, like we talked about, uh, Lord Tariq and Peter guns. Peter guns is on there or he, he was on there for a long time,
2: really. but it had
0: nothing to do it barely had anything to do with music. as well him doing music. basically he was managing an artist he He was also sleeping with her, but he's also going back and forth with his ex girlfriend who's the father of two of his kids. He gets the other artist pregnant, and then he gets his the the first baby mom pregnant again. And then he gets the artist pregnant again. So he ha- he has like twelve kids. This is maybe crazy. not twelve, maybe like eight. But he has a lot of kids with a lot of different women, and it's like he can't control himself, or or he uh, he is aware of his actions. He just keeps doing it. <laughs> it's so, it's very it's. Do these still air? What the show? Hip hop. Yeah, Oh, my they're god. on the Atlanta season, right? They have three different,
4: yeah, well, I'm actually four that. different,
0: four different series. There, the first one was in New York, then they went to Atlanta, Hollywood, and Miami. I see too. Then Hollywood, Hollywood had like Omarion and Ray J. What? And, um, oh my god! Yeah, we we, we that's what Ray do, J's doing now. We got to by do the better. way, he's on he's on Love and Hip Hop Hollywood for those who don't know. And then they just did the first season of Miami, which has Trick Daddy and Trina. Those are the ones that, those are the faces I know oh, in gunplay.
4: Oh, boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and we're probably, and the people are probably just eating it up. Yeah. That, like, they added, Miami just did its first season this year. So that means there was enough money. And this is all for one person. Mona Scott Young, I think her name is. She's a producer. Mm-hmm. And she's been getting money from VH1. Like, okay, you know what? Let's put. Let's do love and hip hop in Miami. I don't know what's going to be. I think there was going to be a love and hip hop Houston or Chicago, mm. or VH1 is just it's just reality shows. <laughs> it's just reality shows. I'm telling
2: you, man. If I ever see like love and hip hop like Birmingham, no, then we've gone too They'll, far. They won't go that far. Like love and hip hop
0: like Charlotte. There are only like <laughs> seven cities that have some kind of significant hip-hop scene. Loving hip-hop Seattle. (laughs) It's just Macklemore and his friends. It's Macklemore and Sir mix a A Lot Just hanging out,
2: talking about rap. (laughs)
0: That's it. The only ones I think that that they would expand to seriously are Loving Hip-Hop Houston and maybe Chicago. Mm -hmm. Maybe Detroit, but I know Eminem wouldn't do that show and Big Sean wouldn't. wouldn't do it either. Royce the five nine wouldn't even do it. <laughs> I don't think he'd do that show. I'm,
2: I'm really trying, like, racking my brain trying to think, like, where could love and hip hop go next after those cities? Because now I just want to put it in like absurd places, <laughs> like love and hip hop Sacramento, <laughs> <laughs> love and hip hop Phoenix, just like just places where you just wouldn't expect hip hop. Or we get a spinoff, um, love and country music Nashville. Just watch the show Nashville. Oh, there's a show called Nashville. Yeah, is it a reality show like this? No. Oh, okay.
0: It's like a, it's on ABC. Oh, the one with um,
2: Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess you could. Loving hip hop CMT. (laughs) Uh, We're
0: running kind of long here, so let's just get to the charts. Yes. yes. Really quick. I don't think anything's changed because our last show was on Thursday. Mm -hmm. We're recording this on Tuesday. I don't think anything's changed with the charts. Um, Well, actually, they have. They have updated. Okay, so let me pull it up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, Ariana Grande. So uh, we'll go with the Hot 100 Uh, Top 10 Songs. Number one, Nice For What by the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. He also has the number two spot with God's Plan. Number three, No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande. I have not heard this song. Have you? No, I haven't. She's back. Good for her. Yeah. Um, Number four, Meant to Be by B.B. Rexa and the Nickelback of Country. Uh, I have listened to this song. Me too. I finally heard it. (laughs) It sounds like every Florida Georgia line song I've ever heard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the storyline was kind of weird. Okay. She's hitchhiking. Now she's working as a waitress. And then all of a sudden she's referring with Florida Georgia line. Woo! And then they go on this big arena tour and then then she's daydreaming the whole time. Yeah. No wait- it it was weird. Um <laughs> number five, uh Psycho by Post Malone. Excuse me, serious Malone, mm-hmm. featuring <laughs> Ty Dollar Sign. I listened to this song too. Uh I haven't heard this one yet. <clears throat> I heard another
2: song by him this week and I really liked it. I don't remember the name of it, but Was it Rockstar? Mm-mm. Oh. It was a newer song. He, he has
0: an album coming out called "Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Yeah.
2: He he just, he tries, he sings really loud on this other song. I wish I could think of the name
0: of it. Oh, he has a song where he sampled Sugar Ray, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Fly by Sugar Ray. <laughs> nice. Someone's
2: sampling Sugar
0: Ray. Good for them. I'm sure they could use the money. Uh, number six, uh, ATM by... Should we call him Mr. No Features? You could call him No Features or Kill Edward. <laughs> nah, I don't know about Kill Edward. I think he's our dude now Kill Kill Edward. Uh so we'll just call him Mr. No, Mr. Features. no Features. Um that's J. Cole, yeah, by the J. way. Cole. Uh he has number six song. The middle at number seven by Zed Marin Morrison Gray. At number eight. Yeah, and it's the, about uh, him. it's about <laughs> <him>. <laughs> The, uh, Mr. No features Kevin's heart. And, uh, I guess it's about Kevin Hart. Yeah. Well, he mentions him in there, but yeah. Okay. Number nine, look alive by block boy, JB featuring the perpetual Kentucky recruit. And at number 10, he has a third entry. Uh, these are all debuts at six, eight and 10 KOD by Mr. No features. Mm-hmm. And so three songs in the top 10, uh, finally falling out of the top 10 is perfect by the most influential artists in black music. Uh, and Mr. No features also has a song chart at, at number 14 and 15. So he's got five songs <laughs> in the top 15. Um, let's look at the albums. Number one is KOD by Mr. No features debuting at number one. Number two, invasion of privacy by the love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Number debuting at number three, "Eat the Elephant" by a Perfect Circle. Hmm. Now is this something that uh, Rogue Metal Reviews maybe? I don't think
2: he ca- I don't think he's a Perfect Circle. So really he would probably he probably review some tool, but I don't think he'd review a Perfect
0: Circle. Okay. Number four, the greatest show in soundtrack. It's holding still- steady, man. That's amazing. Hold on, number four. Number five, it was number one last week. Rearview Town by Jason Aldean. They're beating Jason Aldean. He's like an active touring artist. <laughs> They're beating him. <sighs> number uh, six, question mark by XXX Tentacion, the extension cord. Number seven, Culture 2 by our friends from Gwinnett. Number eight, My Dear Melancholy by Mr. Pills and Models. Number nine, V Day Noir by Lord Huron. Are you familiar with this band? I am not familiar with I am either. not either. And number ten, the Black Panther soundtrack.
2: I'm gonna go on her limb
0: and say they're indie.
2: With <laughs> a name like that. Let's see. Ah, what do you know? Indie folk, indie rock. Mm. Mm. All right. Alright. <laughs> so From Michigan.
0: Let's um, look at the Artist 100. I'm pretty sure number one is J. Cole. And what do you know? Rising from number 96 last week, <laughs> number one is out of nowhere. Mr. <laughs> no Features. Number two, the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. Number three, if the page will load. Number three, Love and Hip Hop Legend Cardi B. Number four, because he died, Man. Avicii. Mm, mm, mm. Uh unranked last week. Yeah. Y'all don't care about it, VG. Mm, not at all. You don't. <laughs> you don't care about him. Just dirty. Uh <laughs> number five, the unretired or retired two K Legends. Number six, Ariana Grande. She needs a nickname. We'll we'll think about it. Uh, number seven, the most influential artist in black music. Number eight, A Perfect Circle. Number nine, Sirius Malone. And rounding out the top ten, the mighty Duckworth.
2: All right. You call it the cute chick from iCarly. I don't I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> um I I saw this video, like I didn't know she did a uh, there was like a spinoff off of iCarly yeah, with Sam. But they didn't get along, like off screen. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't get along. That's awesome. And plus, <laughs> the show just didn't make any sense. Really,
2: I ne- well, I never watched i Carly. As far so... as like the
0: premise of it didn't make sense. Um, I guess from from Sam going off on her own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, it, I guess she didn't seem like she was that much popular of a character to where she <laughs> should get her own show, just like Joey from Friends. Uh yeah, why did he get his <laughs> own show? That seemed stupid. Um Yeah. Um, so, let's uh go ahead and get to um uh, your earworm of the week.
2: All right. Um I don't know where I heard this song. I just it's in my soundhound thing. I just heard it somewhere and I guess I liked it, but it's by an artist named Melanie Fiona. Um name of the song is Sad Songs and It's really good song. Uh, I'd never heard of her before. She's a Canadian R and B singer. It's kind of you know she is. You heard of her?
0: Yeah, I've heard of Melly Fiona. Okay, I I haven't. So I love this song. (laughs) (laughs) So this is sad songs by Melly Fiona from her album The Bridge, and we'll be right back. That is Sad Songs by Melanie Fiona from her album The Bridge. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you can see the artwork. It's a cool picture. I like it. Alright, so we started the show with. I feel another sneeze coming. It's weird. Um, (laughs) We started the show with uh, Ode to a Superhero. By Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, that's what they called it Oh, to a that's superhero? Song, nice, yeah. nice. Um, <laughs> in, in which he uh uses um the Piano song Piano Man, Man as his foundation to tell the story of the first Tobey Maguire Spider Man movie <laughs> <laughs> in uh hilarious detail.
2: Upside down, kissing all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um uh just going back to the when we did our uh, we did an episode about the um the documentary hired gun and the portrayal of of uh this particular person um uh to which you know he could be considered a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did see a red in his eyes um <laughs> that's why he wore the
2: sunglasses.
0: So of course, uh, we're doing a because five about, or we we, well a because five in which we select our top five Billy Joel songs. Bless you. Thank you very much,
2: (laughs) William Joel.
0: I don't think that's his real name.
2: No, it is William Martin Joel.
0: (laughs) I I never thought Joel was his real last name. Yeah, I thought Joel Joel. may have been his uh, his middle name.
2: From the Bronx.
0: <laughs> and he dropped his, uh, he dropped the last name. Which is very common in show business. If it sounds too ethnic. <laughs> but if his last name is really
2: Joel, then. Uh... They're like, oh man, he's like, oh, my name is Billy Joel. Like Koslowski. They're like, mm, that's a little too, uh, it's a little too Polish. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to drop that. But I'm proud of my Polish heritage. Well, we're not. So go ahead and drop it. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, you're just Billy Joel, and if you tell anyone your last name was was something key, you're dropped. <laughs> <laughs> something key. <else.
0: laughs> oh man. Um, so we're going to start with our honorable mentions, of course. So uh, Ben, tell us about your first honorable mention.
2: So, well, actually, too, I was going to say the reason we're doing this because when is is it the fourth? His birthday is. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, his birthday is the 4th. on the fourth. May the fourth. This be coming. <laughs> uh,
0: this coming Friday. Yeah.
2: So, happy birthday, Billy Joel! And plus, we—oh, re- wait, May ninth. My bad.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, so it's next week. He'll but be sixty-nine. Still, but still, we uh, we've re- referenced him enough after the hired gun documentary. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was coming, yeah, uh, at some point. Um. So, fair warning, and uh, so you said, "Piano
2: Man's not on yours, right? Either. Yeah, uh, yeah, Piano Man is p- not on
0: either of our lists.
2: You will not find Piano Man here. Sorry, guys. Uh, ben has grown to hate the song. Yeah, I heard it way too much in college, to the point of where I was just like, I never want to hear this song again.
0: I mean, it's if it's a I, I, I can understand if it's um, for people who, you know, if you went to college in a like true college town, yeah, there's and songs at any bar or. Mm-hmm mellow mushroom uh we play this song we'll play mm-hmm. we'll play piano man that is and um any like bar sing-along song is. oh yeah that's a that's totally a drinking yeah. song it's totally it's
2: kind of it's it's a turnoff which and it's a, and, and so as we've gotten older the story is cool of course he's like hiding out because he's in a bad record contract so it's a cool story he's playing piano at a bar it's it,
0: it's a it's a true story.
2: Yeah, it's a true story, yeah. He's playing piano to bar because he's trying to get up a bad contract, but the song has just become one of those things that like it's just a cliche. So with that said, my first honorable mention <laughs> is um Good Die Young. Is it only the good die young is it just Only good, the
0: Good Die Young.
2: Only the Good Die Young, which was the song famously that his first drummer said he wanted to make a reggae song and he talked him out of it, and we thank him for that. Yeah play a little bit of that so yeah this is just one of those songs where uh I don't know it's just like a really fun song nice you know it's really upbeat I love the song or the line where he says you know I would rather um laugh with the sanders than cry with the saints you know it's just like one of those I still don't really know what it's about <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a really fun song to listen to it's like upbeat and stuff and yeah
0: you no know, billy joe is only five foot five i did not know that
2: how did he get christy brinkley <laughs> money what am i saying duh yeah he as a matter of fact that's why he got rid of the drummer so he could have enough money to get christy brinkley <laughs> so yeah but th- so this is from the album uh the stranger uh one of his earlier songs so it from 1970 good lord he's been around for a long time um 1978 um, he said the song was inspired by a high school crush, Virginia Callahan, which he says Virginia in the line. Um, he says the the narrator believes that the girl is refusing him because she comes from a religious Catholic family and that she believes premarital sex is, um, is sinful. So hence why he says I rather laugh with the sinners than, you know, cry with the saints. He's trying to convince her, trying to get in her pants. See, even back then he wasn't a good guy. He's trying to corrupt the youth of America. Jeez, Billy. I like this line yeah man I, I never these lines make a lot more sense now yeah he's trying to get a Catholic chick God is there anything more New York
0: <laughs> <laughs> so New York man.
2: all of his songs are. yeah he's uh, was he the original New York uh, did he wear Timbs do we know <laughs> the Yankees cap I've seen pictures of the Yankees cap was he like walking uh, around Tim the Bronx Tim and like back then he's probably wearing like, some Nike running shoes with a laugh with the sinners and die with the oh cry with the sinners excuse me yeah yeah he was just trying to convince her basically that hey let me get in and get some. so I guess maybe she was right for thinking
0: this (laughs) the beginnings of the demon there's gotta be something good here
2: we can't spend this whole episode talking about how he's just evil (laughs) I mean
0: it was a cool song hey good thing
2: he hey that's a really cool sax solo and he didn't turn it into a, a, a reggae song so hey we can thank him for that you know Thanks, Billy Joel. You're a good guy. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll be straddling the fence at best. <laughs> so, that's Ben's first honorable mention, Only the Good Die Young, from his album, The Stranger. All right, my first um, honorable mention. Uh, I like the song because uh, if people didn't know who Billy Joel was, you probably think the song is older than it actually is. Uh, and that is The Longest Time oh I love this song uh, Categorizes as acapella and doo-wop um, he was inspired by the stylings of Frankie Lyman and the teenagers Um, he does all the vocals oh he does Nice.
2: Okay. I mean that was very uh, tedious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. He was he wanted to Okay, he they were going to get a vocal group, but he wanted each part for himself. Wow. Okay. That's impressive.
0: Yeah. Uh, the start, yeah. Phil Ramone and Joel tend to have to feature a vocal group, but Joel recorded each of the parts himself. I don't think he told Phil Ramone. <laughs> <laughs> he just suddenly went in the studio and did it. And did it, it yeah. <laughs> like, all right, we got the group okay. on standby. <laughs> it's like send them home.
2: <laughs> no, that, no. I, I love this song. Have you seen the video at the? It's like at a high school reunion. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, I guess this was really before you know videos were a big thing. Otherwise, maybe it would have just I don't know been something better. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: um, he, uh, this is from his album An "Innocent Band. Mm-hmm. This is from 1984. Uh, it charted at number 14 on the Hot 100 and number one on the Hot Adult Contemporary tracks. Okay.
2: And I'm just, I'm just imagining him doing this. But I guess he's got kind of a, he's got something there to keep the rhythm because, like, recording. I wonder if he tried to do the bass
0: first or what. But yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. I was gonna say is that this was a, um, this is a time where you could release this from an, an innocent man. This was the fourth of seven singles from the album. Huh. Uh, the same album uh, which has a song in which you will hear later mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of homages on there if
2: I'm looking here um, one to um, James Brown and Wilson Pickett one to Benny King longest time of course to um, um, And
0: yeah. this was uh, this album was you know, in a pretty special year um, along with Let's Dance Synchronicity and the Flash Dance soundtrack, mm-hmm. but they all lost for album of the year to Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> that that's forgivable.
2: <laughs> that was just that was like the years that uh, Michael Jordan was in the finals. You know, when he was in the NBA, you just kind of accepted that you weren't going to win.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's okay.
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, that was my first album of mention. What's your second album of mention?
2: I have to thank Family Guy for this one. Ballad of Billy the Kid. Um, so I think really the first time I heard this song was... Uh, it might have been a few years ago. It was an episode where Peter bought a horse. <laughs> and like, he's like in a pretend rodeo. And they're playing this song. <laughs> and I didn't know the song, but I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool song. And I looked it up and it was Billy Joel and of course Seth MacFarlane who loves to make the weirdest references um, and use like the, I don't want to say obscure because this isn't necessarily an obscure song. um, But like leave it to Seth MacFarlane to do something like this. Yeah. And honestly, I don't really know much about this song. I just know that I really like it. So it's from the album Piano Man, released in 1974. Um, So of course, I mean with a name like Billy the Kid, it is about the story of Billy the Kid. Is Billy the Kid real? Yes, Billy the Kid is real. Henry McCartney. Yeah. I did not know that. Okay. Today I learned. Billy the Kid is real. Um, basically the song, he said, basically the song was an experiment with an impressionist type of lyric. It was historically totally inaccurate as a story. Which is funny because I like the song as you know, if anyone who's listened to the show enough I like songs that tell stories and this song I guess tells the story of Billy the Kid but it's all wrong, so <laughs> yeah, he's not. I guess he's not from Wheeling, West Virginia. He is actually from Manhattan, New York. Billy the Kid's from New York. He's a cowboy. You seen gangs in New York? I guess, but I always think I mean, of that I like New that time, York City. <laughs> you know, like, that's always <laughs> think of like, yeah, I guess it is better to say he's from West Virginia. Yeah. But yeah, I love this song. Um just it's it's got the like the really cool piano break in the middle, which is what they used like um to comedic effect in the episode of Family Guy with um <laughs> with Peter Griffin making a very funny face as he kind of faked played piano. It's really funny. Um but yeah, just I love the song. It's got like a nice little I don't know. It's just got like a nice feel to it. It's got the big, I like that part. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a really good song. Is this a song you're familiar with? No, it isn't actually. Okay. No, I mean, it's not, and it's not one of his bigger songs, honestly. I mean, when you, when you look back and I don't think we realized as we're looking how much Billy Joel had done, you know, you got to think it's 2018. He's been active since 1965. Mm-hmm. that's a very long career <laughs> so you know there's gonna be those songs where you go back and you're just like I didn't know he did that didn't know he did that either huh, didn't know he did that like it's just songs that he did that you know other people made more popular the one I think of off the top of my head is just the way you are um, that uh, Barry White made more popular most people probably wouldn't know that was a Billy Joel song that's just kind of how it goes oh here's the part I like where he has the piano break that Peter used it's just so cool yeah so that's what really made me like the song the rest of the song is good but that's the standout moment for me because then he starts playing like it sounds like a, like he's playing in a saloon like right here like it, you could hear it in a saloon like it's it's got that but he's trying to keep that western feel to the Ballad of Billy the Kid. He's keeping that feel to it, and it's really cool. And you think it's at the end, and then it just, it 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 kind of builds back up. (laughs) Kind of like, what's new Pussycat? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to John Mulaney. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm kind of disappointed, though, to find out that the whole thing is wrong.
5: Mm.
2: (laughs) Oh, well.
0: I still like the song. All right, that is Ballad of Billy the Kid. Ben's second album mention. Alright, my second honorable mention Oh, already added to the list already <laughs> Skip the duplicate uh, Is a song called Allentown um, Now this is a song I don't think that I was familiar with
2: But um, I kind of like it already
0: <laughs> I liked the, I When I first heard this song I, I don't know what I was watching about Billy Joel I th- it might have been pop-up video actually <laughs> but God, I missed that show <laughs> but um I think was, they had an episode dedicated to Billy Joel uh videos and basically this song is about uh a town like cities or towns that were built on the on manufacturing
5: yeah
0: uh those factories are closing down yeah and people are losing their jobs and how do they deal with that um uh, you know, had lyrics like uh, "Where our fathers fought the Second World War, spent their weekends on the Jersey Shore, um, met our mothers in the USO, asked in the dance, dance with them slow, and we're living here in Allentown." Yeah. But the restlessness was handed down, and it's getting very hard to stay.
2: Yeah. Allentown? Did they use? I'm trying to think. What they
0: did? They make? Did they manufacture anything in Allentown? Well, it right? was it was based on the the you know the steel steel industries, um, uh, Bethlehem Steel, which is based in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, he was he did first start writing the song based on um, Levittown, which is a town next to uh, near Long Island, where okay. he's from. And it always goes he, back to New York. <laughs> uh, but then he started reading about the decline of the steel industry in Pennsylvania, and which included the cities Bethlehem and Allentown. And Allentown sounded easier to ride. Yeah, <laughs> so, Demo- he to, so he used that. Um, a lot of people were. Um, uh, some people were put off by it, by the song because it was uh, because it. Because he was stereotyping working class people, mm-hmm. they felt. But the mayor of Allentown, uh, at the time, <laughs> Joseph DeDonna, uh sent a letter asking Joel about giving some royalties to the town. Oh, Somebody goodness. asking Billy Joel for money. money. <laughs> this is why he's so he's so he's jaded,
2: man. He's so cynical. Everybody's
0: That's why he's just a demon. coming for money, you know? <laughs>
2: Got the mayor of Allentown.
0: Um, ungrateful drummer (laughs) but the mayor asked for the money as far as it would help scholarships for future musicians so it was for a good cause Uh, Billy Joe got the letter the paper published an article about the letter and uh, later on he received a uh, key to the city so I don't know if he actually gave them money it doesn't say (laughs) Uh, but (laughs) that's hilarious um but it, it, I guess it, it ended up being a positive experience. But definitely, you um, know what else I also liked about the song is the, like the using the machinery as percussion. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> these, these
2: allergies, man. Oh my god, <laughs> they out here. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, yeah, using the machinery as uh um, as percussion kind of what stuck out to me and I, I really like that so um yeah it's a favorite of mine
2: that's a good song
0: all right um there's also an issue with the video in which there was partial male nudity at the beginning <laughs> because guys were taking a shower i don't know why that's funny to me but it's not <laughs> but that was later edited out all right <laughs> Uh oh boy. Alright. Um number five for you, Ben. Number
2: five, alright. So um so this is a song. The first time I heard this was in the Hangover 2. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, it's the Downeaster Alexa. Um it was when they were landing in Thailand. This is the song they were playing. I had never heard it before. Um it's a really good song, once again. And I guess he's kind of known for this. He tells stories in his songs. Um, and I guess usually about the working class, I'm starting to find out. Um, so this is a song. It's written from the perspective of a fisherman um, who's basically coming to hard times. Um, and, of course, it references a lot of different things um, on the East Coast because clearly he loves the East Coast with all of his heart. Um so things like yeah Nantucket Block Island Sound Martha's Vineyard um, Gartner's Bay um I just thought it was a really cool song especially when I really just sat and listened to the lyrics it's kind of depressing um he's a fisherman that can't you know can't really make uh yeah like I've had to sell my home too proud to leave so he can own the boat a downeaster is a type of boat he wants to own the boat so he's working his tail off to own this boat um but like fish are hard to catch, apparently, and it's just like it's. But it's just such a. I don't know. I just like the song, you know. No real chorus to it. I guess the most is about you know, so I could own my Down Easter Alexa. So if you see my Down Easter Alexa, and then the yay yo sort of at the end. Um, but yeah, it's so depressing. I got bills to pay on children who need clothes. I don't know why I like it though. I don't know what it is. I think I have a daughter named Alexa. I wouldn't weird. be surprised. <laughs> I think he does. But um but it says Billy puts himself in the shoes of a nameless fisherman from guess where? Long Island, New York. <laughs> where else? That guy loves New York. Surprised he hasn't made an appearance in Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it's just a really good song. It's it's a cool story. Um on the on the album cover, of course, you know, he's he's trying to look like he's a fisherman or like he cares like he's got the the long coat on and he's looking morose and yeah it's just it's a it's a, just a very interesting uh just an interesting thing to kind of go along with it yeah the long island bayman um known as the bubbies <laughs> says the Baymen represent a dying breed of people who like small farmers work with an envi- work with the environment to provide for their families? Men and women forced out of their livelihoods by industrial factory overfishing, destroying the traditional fishing grounds, as well as the creep of the urban society and government regulation. Um, Joel has always been sympathetic uh, to the hardworking men who work the sea. I like this line. That, that I don't get that line. Like, what do stripers do? Like, are they poison or something? Hmm. Lecture, actually, hold on, says, um... Stripers are striped bass, the state of Rhode Island... The state fish of Rhode Island. So today I learned that states have state fish. Um... They're native to the Atlantic coastline of the United States and are commonly fished in the area. In 1982, their population dropped to less than 5 million because of conservation efforts. The narrator and the other fishermen couldn't legally catch and sell striped bass. Okay, so you could not sell stripers anymore because they were being conserved to be sold. So... Um, they told him he can't sell no stripers. Um, and I honestly, I feel like that is a line a fisherman would say, can't sell no stripers no more. Like, I feel like you'd hear that line said. I like that ending. It's just it's cool. And his live performances. I saw him do it with the guy playing the violin. It's a nice little, nice little thing there. And then, of course, it was featured in The Hangover 2. <laughs> yes.
0: All right. Um, <clears throat> All right, so my number five is uh, a song I first heard in a in a mashup by a DJ called Brat Productions. Mm. It was uh, this song was mixed with Big Pimpin. Nice, okay. <laughs> uh, so it's this is Big Shot uh, from Fifty Second Street. All right, so this song was actually about. Um uh, this was written about uh the song was based on a bad date with Bianca Jagger. Mick Jagger's first wife. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. All uh, right. It was it was written at uh after he hung out with Mick and Bianca Jagger. Oh man. And basically it was about how uh Bianca Jagger may have had a hangover, and she's just going around on ta- around town. And she's high or drunk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there it says, but now you just can't remember all the things you said, and you're not sure you want to know. I'll give you one hit, honey. You sure did put on the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'm, I'm reading through here. That's funny. She's probably like, do you know who I am? I am the wife of Mick Jagger.
0: And if you listen to how he sings the song, he wrote it as if he was Mick Jagger singing to her.
2: I kind of hear that. Like, it's it's
0: a little more...
5: Okay, I kind
1: of
0: hear that. A little more vocally pronounced.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Okay. I totally hear that now <laughs> I totally hear that Yeah inspired by the thought of Mick Jagger Singing to singing this to his wife Do we know if the
0: Rolling Stones Have ever covered this um, I am not aware Of that uh, I, I have no record of that That, that would be, be funny That would be hilarious
2: <laughs> Should have got him to feature So then, okay, so then this makes me wonder, like, so the, Bianca Jagger was his first wife.
0: Yeah, Mick Jagger's first yeah. wife.
2: And that was from 1971 to 1978. I wonder if he saw this coming, like a divorce coming. He's
0: like, this this chick's crazy, man. Well, this song is from 1978. So, so he saw it, it The coming. album came out at the end. <laughs> he saw it coming. He was like,
2: hey, you know, Bianca, Mick's going to drop her like a bad habit. <laughs> How do you know? Dude, you were out one night. (laughs) She was completely wasted and cursing out the help. It was crazy. (laughs) Like she threw her drink in a maid's face. He's not staying with her, man.
0: He's not staying with her. Or or what what if he told him, Mick, look, man, It looks." This this is this isn't working, Working, man. man. (laughs) Everyone can see it. It's not working.
2: (laughs) You can you can tell her it's not me. It's not you. It's me. Chicks dig that, man. Just say it. Just whatever. You're Mick Jagger. I was at your shows, man. Like just thousands of women just screaming and reaching for your junk, man. Like you gotta get it. Why'd you get married? He's like, I don't know. I don't know either. All
0: right. (laughs) So that was from his album Fifty Seventh Street. Um and there was something else that was
2: That's kind of a bro move to to for me. That's like a solid. Like yeah. he, maybe he's not so bad. Billy helped him out of a <laughs> out of a bad spot. He was like, hey, if you don't believe me, man, just listen to this song. Play. <laughs> he's like, Really? All this was going Or with-?
0: or did he just write it uh and Mick was mad at him and they never spoke again? Oh, that'd be sad. Who knows what the story is. There. I'd be
2: really sad if they were friends and like they broke, they like we ain't friends anymore over this song.
0: <laughs> but he also divorced. He also divorced his wife over this song.
2: Oh, that's really <laughs> tragic, man.
0: Maybe that's why Billy Joel don't like he's nobody. Probably, he's probably been calling big. I told, I was right though. But I was, I was, right. Right. I was right. I was right. <laughs> it don't matter if he was right. He's still a jerk. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? That was my way of telling you. (laughs) 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 Through song, that was my way of telling you. All right, so uh, what is your number four?
2: Uh, My number four is New York State of Mind, which, uh, once again, surprise, surprise, song about New York. Turn up here. I think he loves New York. I don't know who loves New York more, him or Nas. I don't know. (laughs) It's it's a close tie, even though Nas had a song called "NY State of Mind," which was just short for New York State of Mind. But, um, so this is to me, this is just one of those songs that I don't know. It's just like it just reminds me of a lounge, like a I, like it just reminds me of like a black and white scene from a lounge, cigarettes, you know, kind of burning out, and Billy Joel sitting at a piano. This is probably his jazziest song. And it just, that's just where it takes me. Like, it's really the, that's what I get in my mind every time I hear this song. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, cause that's just how it makes me feel. So, um, as far as the song goes with him, it says he wrote the song after returning to the East Coast from Los Angeles, which I've never been to Los Angeles. But I have been to the West Coast. I've been to the East Coast. Different worlds. (laughs) I mean, like, even though... And it's almost like you couldn't tell just from, like, you know, reading and looking that L.A. is the second largest city in the nation because it's so spread out, you know? Uh, Whereas New York is, while it is big, it just feels so condensed. And I've been to New York. It just feels very condensed and tight and feels like people are on top of each other, which is funny because I feel like the East Coast, the West Coast equivalent is probably San Francisco because San Francisco is a very small city. Well, not s- it's small for what it is. They're, they fit like, you know, what, six million people <laughs> in a very small area, so everything is built up, kind of like in, in China or in Japan. Um, but it's just like, you know, I can imagine the feeling of going to Los Angeles where everything is wide open coming back to New York. You know, you want to come back to you know the Hudson River. You want to come back to your quote-unquote concrete jungle. Um, so I get it, you know, and it and it says uh, he took a Greyhound bus on the Hudson River line when the idea came to him. You know, it's just like God. That has to be awful. Take a bus from <laughs> Los Angeles all the way back. But I guess if you tour a lot, that's probably what you do. But he wrote it when he, he when he got home, and this is I mean. Just as much as Randy Newman's I Love LA is a love song to LA, this is his love song to New York. Um which is really funny, I guess you could really take those two songs and compare them. Because those are the those are the love songs to the respective cities. Whereas, you know, I love LA sounds like happier. <laughs> like I love LA is like it's like the we love it. Like whereas in New York State of Mind it's just like, you know, it fits New York. It's very, you know, it's somber, it's it's quite it's a little quieter even though new york is a bustling city i don't know it just you know this is how he felt coming back into new york you know and that's why i love this song one day i would love to write a song like this about atlanta because i do love atlanta um but I, I don't know i guess maybe i'd have to go somewhere that is not like atlanta and then come back it's like man it was really cold there but it feels good to be warm and full of pollen. I don't know. I'll think of that though. Get that out. Atlanta state of mind. Can I do that? Is that? Don't it have to be to different. Mind. Yeah, it have yeah, to be don't different. You to mind. I gotta think of something clever. Like I love it. No, I can't do. It, I love Atlanta. <laughs>
0: yeah, can't do it forever. I love Atlanta.
2: No, I'll think of something and I'll do my love song to Atlanta. Yeah.
0: All right. um when I at West Georgia, when I went to Trivia that um friend Matt hosted, uh he would give the question and then play a song to give people time to to answer. He he played this a lot.
2: Yeah, this is his signature song, man. Uh played it at the the um excuse me. He played it at the fundraising concert. I think it was the concert for nine eleven. He played this at it, which I mean. Who, I mean, you got to get Mr. New York. <laughs> and, of course, he's going to play this song. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those songs, man.
0: All right. Um, that was number four. Or was that? That was my number four, yes. Yeah, okay. So my number four, uh, it's actually another song from the album 52nd Street.
5: <laughs>
0: and it's uh, My Life.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. I never knew the name of this song, but I do like this song. It Uh, sounds like a a, a working day, like the subway is (laughs) going. Well, this was
0: actually used as the theme song for the Tom Hanks sitcom bosom buddies. Tom Hanks had a sitcom. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, It was him. And I forget the other guy's name, but he played Lizzie McGuire's dad. Oh, that guy's funny. I like him. In which they played, uh, they played friends and they found this great apartment, but only women can live in this apartment building. So, what? <laughs> let me let me check. I think that was the, uh, that was the, um, oh, it was a different person who sang the theme song, but it was this song. Um, The show features the misadventures of two single men working in creative advertising, struggling in their industry while disguising themselves as women in order to live in the one apartment they could afford. (laughs) All right. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, This was revisited um, in another... um, Let's see if they mention it here. Susan B. Anthony Hotel.
2: (laughs) what's
0: the name of it? <laughs> it happens to be female only that's funny okay uh yeah there was a uh, peter Scolari is the is the other guy yeah but it was the um it was the there was a there was a another sitcom that came out like a few years ago it may have been canceled after one episode called work it or working it mm-hmm. and it was basically these two guys that cross dressed to work at some Advertising companies. <laughs> I was like, "This looks like bosom buddies, but in the 21st century, this isn't going to work." <laughs> so it says, "Are Peter Cetera, yeah, um, saying backing vocals, yeah, yes." I'm surprised they didn't Dacus from uh, from Chicago. I Both feel like that's a uh,
2: he had to like you know check that ego to do that, huh? <laughs> Who did Peter Cetera? Or did he? he oh, you know this, what, this, this was before. This was, this was seventy. This was before. He didn't have the ego yeah, yet. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he this was him getting yet. the email. They're like, "Hey, man!" Like Billy's like, "Hey, Peter, you you want to sing background vocals on my song?" It's like you think I'm good enough. It's like I think you're more <laughs> than good enough. <laughs> you should be the face of. You should be the face of Chicago. And that's how it happened. <laughs> so Billy Joel put that bug in his yeah. ear. <laughs> He's like, you're the best singer in Chicago. I ain't asking no one else to do it.
0: Why is Billy Joel so like the common thread for all of our episodes now? Six degrees of Billy Joel. Just um, Next
2: thing you know, we'll yeah. be finding out that Billy Joel convinced Lars to sue people for <laughs> Napster. <laughs> He's like, you gonna, let them, you gonna let these people steal from you, buddy? Huh? That's your music. You better get out there and sue somebody. <laughs> you know, you're right, Billy. Yeah, I'm right, Lars. It's like... <laughs> He's like, ha, 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 like he's twisting his mustache.
0: <laughs> uh, well, oh, also, what's interesting is that due to licensing issues, the song is not used for the Bosom Buddies uh, show on DVD because he wouldn't let him but. <laughs> Billy, 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 when it, when will it be enough, Billy? <laughs> um. Yeah, and, and the song is about uh, aimless Americans. Okay, I can hear that. Um, he has a lyric, like the, at the beginning of the song, got a call from an old friend who used to be real close, said he couldn't go on the American way, closed the shop, sold the house, bought a ticket to the West Coast. Now he gives them a stand-up routine in L.A.
2: Oh, he's a comedian now, okay. Yeah.
0: So it's like two people, one... Um, Gives up his life and to move to California, and the other talks about. Uh, they will tell you you can't sleep alone in a strange place. They'll then they'll tell you you can't sleep with somebody else.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So yeah. So basically, that's what the song's about, and it was used for the Tom Hanks sitcom Bosom and Buddies*. Uh side note, I saw there's this um I think I told you about it. Well, yeah, when um when we saw the uh the very special episode from funny or Die <laughs> about when Tom Hanks was on Family Ties yeah. as an alcoholic. Um it was, we didn't get to see enough of Tom Hanks his his comedic chops. I think like in the eighties he was a funny guy. And then mm-hmm. starting in the nineties, you know, when he did Philadelphia. He became the kind of serious. Now he's the dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see him be funny too much anymore. Oh well, those be the breaks. Uh so, those be the breaks. <laughs> uh we'll get to your number three.
2: So this one is a, a rehash, but I'm gonna talk about it. Um it's for the longest time. Um I've loved this song for the longest time it seems. Um I'm yeah so like to to kind of build on your statement yeah I did not know how young this song was the first time I heard it I you could have sworn this was from the 50s if you didn't know it was Billy Joel and at the time I don't think I knew it was Billy Joel so um I do remember hanging on the classic rock stations though and I would you know lie in bed listen to it trying to analyze all the vocals the vocal parts cuz they were I, I mean they're really well done um especially the high parts which is I think probably the most impressive part about him doing all of them is kind of his range. Now, granted, that is a actual bass in yeah. the background, but still, like he has the really high notes. He, I mean, he goes, like he he goes in on this song and kind of shows that he's a little bit better of a singer than we might have given him credit for. Um, but that's I really like that about this song, and it's just like I like to hear because he, of course, he writes the song i like to hear if he has an instrumental arrangement for it. And then he just took, you know, the chords and whatnot that he wrote and arranged them into this um, just to hear how it might sound. You know, maybe someone talked him into doing it. Um says here the song was written about his budding love affair with supermodel Christy Brinkley, who um, somehow at 5'5 five, five he got. Because that money, money talks. How tall is Christy Brinkley? Taller than that. <laughs> Let's see. How tall is Christy Brinkley's daughter, I don't really know that. How tall is Chrissy Brinkley in feet? <laughs> <laughs> She's five nine, so I in heels over six feet, I'm sure, Probably six feet in heels. And he's five five, and he was comfortable with that. <laughs> That's I, so I'm gonna be honest, as somebody who's been in a relationship like that, feels weird. I'm not gonna lie. Um someone I used to date with she was probably five probably five eight or five probably like probably five six or five seven but when they put on heels they were a little taller than me and it was like i'd kind of look up at them and at the time i was balding so they were like they would make comments like oh you're balding and i'd be like i know <laughs> i can tell you have to tell me yeah so yeah it's it's awkward luckily now um she is my height in heels and that just works <laughs> that works perfectly maybe like an inch shorter it works perfectly um, but no yeah, I just I really do like this song, so um says some believe that this song typifies this period in which Joel's music lost the angst, tension, and hunger, which made his earlier work so extraordinary. I don't feel like his early work was angry
0: piano man wasn't angry or angsty, maybe he had some hunger, I guess you know, I think like people wanted him to be this rock and roll piano guy, mm-hmm, but he's really like just a musician. Yeah. Singer-songwriter. Yeah. Sensitive. Mm. Oh, well. But yeah, love this song. All right. All right, so my number three... um, This song, every time I hear it now, it reminds me of the film A Clockwork Orange for some reason.
2: I've never seen that movie.
0: And it is from the album The Nylon Curtain. It's called Pressure. Yeah, you I know,
2: I've never it. heard this one.
0: Like that part, because we have Clockwork <laughs> Orange. There's some reason right there. So this room is out in the Nylon Curtain from 1982. Um, my notes here. Uh, this is considered a uh, new wave. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a little bit uh, of It's playing the synthesizer. And it's about the pressure of creating and the pressure of being a provider. Uh, In New York, I'm playing. It is. Everyone just, just wants want money. money man, you know? They just want so much of you. you know?
2: Allentown and ungrateful drummers and a girlfriend you know i don't just you know i just met you and i'm not gonna buy you a house pay for your own dinner
0: (laughs) um so he was this was a a show on mtv in which they interviewed him and he said when i was starting out and trying to think seeing things going the pressure was if you don't get things going they're going to throw you out of this apartment there was that kind of pressure. I'm hungry. My stomach was going. Pressure. Food. I think that's pretty intense pressure. The pressure I was writing about in this song wasn't necessarily music business pressure. It was writing pressure. At the time I was saying, Well, I gotta write some more stuff for the album. I was about halfway through and I said, Well what am I gonna do? I don't have any ideas. It's gone, it's dead. I have nothing, nothing, nothing. There's nothing. And then the woman who was my secretary came into the house at that point and said, Wow, you like you're under a lot of pressure. I bet you that'd be a good idea for a song. <laughs>
2: I'll call it pressure.
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, oh, like I said, there's that part that reminds me of A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, in the video, they make reference to Clockwork Orange and Poltergeist. I saw the, I haven't seen the video in a, in a long time. I may have only seen it once. But I know that that particular part of the song reminds me of it. Okay. And... uh and there's a, a game show parody in which a bio for Billy Joel flashes on the screen that says William Joel, age 29, occupation computer software, <laughs> interest fast bikes, cooking, water sports, satellite. I, I, what? <laughs> um, Sorry, is, yeah. Was he 29 when this came out? Uh, no, he was actually. 33. Okay, so close.
2: <laughs> wow, this is what he was doing at 33, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Alright. Conquering the world and dating supermodels.
0: So, this was a. Um... I like that part, though. <laughs> I, and the thing that, that makes this stick out as well is that playing a synthesizer mm-hmm. rather than a piano. Uh, so, it gave him a, a, a bit of a different sound. And this song charted as high as number 20 on the Hot 100. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my number three. All right. So, Ben, what is your number two? So this is the other song we said we'd
2: hear from an innocent man. And it is Uptown Girl. And the first time I heard this was thanks to the Chipmunks, <laughs> where in which they recreated the video um, in the garage, in which Billy Joel is dancing around and singing to, I think Chrissy Brinkley, actually. In, wasn't she in the video? Yeah, she's in the video. Yeah, Chrissy Brinkley. Um, and later married Billy Joel. So yeah, you know, that happened. <clears throat> this song is just so awesome. Um, I mean, it's a... I, I'm not going to say it's a dumb premise. It's a cool premise. You know, he's You know, it's kind of like a hey, I'm a poor dude from the Bronx. <laughs> and I'm trying to get a girl from the Upper East Side of Manhattan.
0: This is the... Uh, this is the white version of Uptight. You know what?
2: I, c- I kind of hear that. Which he said this was... Invi- well, never mind, going to say that's not Motown, but Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. It was inspired by them, but... No, yes, it is. Poor man's son from across railroad tracks. You know, he is, um, is Grease Monkey offensive? If you're a mechanic? No. Okay. So he's a Grease Monkey from the Bronx. Basically is what he was. He was washing cars and fixing
0: cars in the video when she was in the limousine. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Billy Joel clearly has a type because at the time he wrote this song, he was dating Elle McPherson. Oh, yeah. Wow. He does have it. (laughs) And it was conceived on an occasion where he was surrounded by Christy Brinkley, Whitney Houston, and his then girlfriend, Elle McPherson. Nice. So it was initially written about her, but then it ended up being about Christy Brinkley.
2: I guess what if it were Whitney Houston would have been downtown. girl. Downtown You really sing good, downtown <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just this is just a really good song. I like. It's got a very steady beat to it. The drums sound really cool. I don't know who played on it. I don't think he had the dude in his. Uh, Liberty DeVito. Oh, I don't was know he still. Was yeah, I don't know if he was still in there. But it's just like a really cool song, man. It's just like nothing complex about it. It's just a good sing-along tune. Um and of course I'm pretty sure he did all the all the vocals for it because as we've seen he can he can do it easily. Um and my favorite part of course is the oh, oh, oh like that. Yeah. Uh it's got the hand claps in there that it probably did. <laughs>
0: um started Girl. at number 3 and um, it is I don't know if that was the beginning of their relationship because <laughs> she was in the video yeah. but that kind of like put that relationship on the map most definitely yeah I just love this song it's just an awesome song alright that is Uptown Girl from An Innocent Man that was number
2: Oh, God, I forgot it was also used as the protest song in The Simpsons. And they're like, we're going on a freak out. And they start playing Uptown Girl as their freak out <laughs> song <laughs> with the hippies. Oh, man, that was awesome. Yeah, that was that was that was a good episode.
0: All right. So my number two, um, I for my really, I don't think there's an actual uh, album version um. The, well, there is an album version, but the one that everybody hears is the live version, and this is "She's Got Away" mm. from "Songs in the Attic" or "Cold Spring Harbor," uh, whichever you prefer. And it's not playing. Okay, hold on. All right, now it's gonna play. Um. Well. She's got away. Of course, there's going to be one song in which I heard on a particular television show.
2: Oh God, was it really Cold
0: Case? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> was this an episode about New York? <laughs> no. The show takes place in Philadelphia.
2: Oh, it does okay. Yeah. I've never
0: actually seen it, so. <laughs> um. And uh, it's the singer describing various characteristics of a particular woman. Yeah. How she laughs. How he loves her, and he can't really understand why um, some people would say that it's uh this is a cheesy song mm-hmm. but um, I like that it's 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 simply written really No, it is it's, it's very and every singer songwriter has this kind of song. You know, on the outset, it, it's it's maybe cheesy or corny, but, you know, it has some kind of meaning to that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, this was um, the song was written possibly about Joel's first wife. How <coughs> many wives has yeah, it had? Good Lord. Four. Man. <laughs> He's four times. Um, so it was it was written about um, about her. He it was originally included on a five song demo tape that would be on Cold Spring Harbor, which is his first album. Yeah, this was his first single, wasn't it? Um uh, Ever? Yes but I'm singing yeah, Billy yes. Joel singles
2: um Billy, Joe, Billy Joel. <clears throat> so Man, he said he had trouble singing
0: it at first. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Um, and this is a song that Billy Joel has mixed feelings about. He said, mm-hmm. "I thought it was cornball for years. I had trouble singing it at first. Then I got into it and decided everybody has a corny side, I suppose."
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a really good song, and if anything, I mean, I I think it's one of those. It's kind of <clears throat> excuse me. It's become like a wedding standard. Like this is one of those. Like you play it at the wedding, people dance to it. I'm pretty sure someone has sung it to their to their wife. Like, it's just one of those types of songs. I didn't realize this song was that old. Yeah. Um, goodness. I, yeah, I didn't know it was that old.
0: And like I said, the the live version is the one that more people know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was recorded at the, um, what was the name of it? Uh, the Paradise in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and the live version was on the, uh, so it was on Songs in the Attic. And you hear the applause. Uh this is the <laughs> if this is the version that people are more familiar with and feel like it was a it was better than the studio version. Mm, okay. Uh charted at number 3 on the Hot 100 in 1982. So yeah. That is my number 2. So Ben, we're at number 1. What you got? This song is just awesome. Um it's moving
2: out Anthony's song. Um it's just so cool. I have loved this song from the moment I heard it, man. It's got like that just nice kind of like driving feel to it. And it's about getting out. Like it's about like basically a kid kind of being kicked out of the house. Yeah. Um, I just, for some reason, I love the line um, Who needs a house out in Hackensack? <laughs> like that line just gets me. Sonny, move out to the country. I love it, man. It's, it's just it's so it, it tells a story of like really kind of like a couple different scenarios, you know Anthony who's got to move out, um, the guy who works as a bartender. Um, I'm trying i trying to remember everyone all the three because it's really like three stories. Um, let's see here, look at these lyrics up. And it's really one of those songs where it's like if that's moving up and that I'm moving out, like I don't wanna uh-uh, I'm good. Like if that's what you have to do. Like, who needs a house out in Hackensack? Is that all you get for your money? Like, I'm not going to waste my money on a house out in Hackensack to live this dream. Um, Sergeant O'Leary, who's going to trade in his Chevy for a Cadillac, but he's got a broken back. Can't drive with a broken back. At least he can polish the fenders. Why? Because he's worked so hard he broke his back. <laughs> um, yeah, just like, I, and you, and you got to know, Mr. Cattatori has to be a real person. Oh, it was. Okay, Mr. Cattatori's on a police restaurant was an actual place in Soho in lower Manhattan like I'm telling you man like he just wrote about New York he wrote about everything (laughs) he saw growing up in New York like everything he wrote Sergeant O'Leary was probably a real person (laughs) oh Sergeant O'Leary you know he's probably a a real Irish cop what's more New York than an Irish cop (laughs) let's just be real here what's what's more New York than an Irish cop in like the 70s the 80s walking the beat um it's just funny um and then of course at the end it has you know the car that revs up and starts and yeah this is just a really cool song like there's not really much more to it than the stories that he tells and it's just a fun song you can panic sound for the overtime because if you work overtime anyone will tell you taxes go up it's no fun yeah yeah that's really all I got yeah I think someone on that show um, the um, band show for uh, American Idol performed this song they did a Billy Joel tribute and I think someone did this song um, I know it was on Glee I, everything was on Glee <laughs> <laughs> was,
0: and, I've never seen um, that show but I've heard all the covers <laughs> and this was also the uh, well the title Moving Out is the name of the Billy Joel jukebox musical Oh, I didn't write a musical yeah yeah um, it was, uh, I thought that, like, they basically took Billy Joel's songs and made a story. Okay. That's because, like, his songs are stories. Yeah. Pretty right. So about they <laughs> made a story about, um, I think there was some, there a character named Anthony, and I, I can't remember what, exactly what the musical was about, but basically it's, it's set to Billy Joel's music. That's interesting. One. Is it still going?
2: Oh, moving out the musical. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like still running but it probably gets revived every once in a while if it's not running right now Hmm. All right, so that brings us to the end here and uh, one two we've had two songs from The Stranger okay uh, well, you have, Only the Good Die Young and Moving Out. Um, I've had, a, we, well, we both had the same song from An Innocent Man. You also had another Uptown Girls from An Innocent Man. I had two songs from 57th Street. Um, well, my number one song is also from The Stranger. So we didn't really mess with new Billy Joel. no. Uh, nothing from the 90s, River of Dreams. <laughs> nothing from River of Dreams. I thought the longest Tie was on River of Dreams. It was <laughs> not. <laughs> um, nothing from River of Dreams. Nothing from Fantasies and Delusions.
2: That, now, I will say the title track, Rivers of Dream, River of Dreams, used to be one of my favorites by him. But, like, over time, it just hasn't held up to me. Like, it's still a good song. It just hasn't held up for me. Like, it was one of those when I was a kid... It was one of those sunny 100 songs I would hear as a kid in my dad's store. I didn't know who it was. I just knew in the middle of the, I've been walking in the, I didn't know much more though. And then I, you know, to my, much to my surprise later in life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So my number one song is, uh, as I said, is from The Stranger and it's, uh, it was not a single, but it's a very popular composition. Scenes from an Italian restaurant
2: it's funny because I just clicked on that because that's one of the songs they use in moving out the musical um Brenda and Eddie <laughs> scenes from a tiny restaurant well in uh
0: in that song, there are uh two characters named Brenda and Eddie, yeah <laughs> who were the prom king and queen, but they did not live happily ever after Aww. uh the song is cinematic as if there's like three different sections mm-hmm. um uh, the first section is about setting the scene for of this restaurant mm-hmm. inspired by a real restaurant of course yeah uh the second one is about two friends getting together and then the third part is talking about how Brendan and Eddie were the prom king and queen
5: hmm
0: uh and the first line, a ball of red, a ball of white, a ball of red, uh, a waiter actually said that to him at that particular restaurant. Really? <laughs> like, uh, as far as, like you know, asking which one he would like. Um, I first heard this song in its entirety when this I is, was. Wow, this is oh.
2: jazzy as hell.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I first heard this song in its entirety in 2008, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I was at the uh, O'Neill Theater Center in New London, <laughs> Connecticut and uh, shout out to Brad Simmons if he ever listens to this podcast uh, he played the song during the cabaret conference and um, I just I just really like the song from there yeah. it was the first time I'd ever heard it um, hmm. see now now it's more yeah. like, like I said it's it's a cinematic song it's in three different movements uh, so yeah and it's a very popular song uh, when he plays it on tour yeah. uh, and it's actually Billy just said, it's his favorite song really? that huh? he's uh, the name of the restaurant is Fontana de Trevi which is a restaurant across from Carnegie Hall he would go to this restaurant during a series of concerts in 1977
2: I kind of want to go to this restaurant now I bet they got good lasagna <laughs> just assuming just assuming hmm, maybe I'll try to find a good Italian restaurant I doubt there's a good Italian restaurant in Mississippi though
0: and with mentioning the, the Moving Out musical, the characters Brenda and Eddie became major characters in the Broadway production. Mm. The song tells the tale of the two through their love in high school, to their marriage, and finally to their divorce. Oh, it's tragic. <laughs> huh, all right. So, yeah, scenes from an Italian restaurant from The Stranger. Okay. Wow. Okay, I'm, got some songs to listen to on the way home. <laughs> so yeah, that will do it for our because five Billy Joel songs. Um, is he more or less a demon after going <laughs> after selecting your songs? Uh,
2: I mean, I still I I got love for Billy Joel. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he's like a top five artist for me. I, I do have a lot of respect for him. I would see him in concert if he did come. Um, but after that documentary and just l- the more I learn about him, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, maybe they were right. Like, maybe he is a bad dude. <laughs> I mean, like, just a bad dude that makes great music. I mean, I will say after doing this list, he kind of moved up. I mean, Maybe I put him in the top 20 now as far as, you know, a favorite artist because I'm learning, I've heard some more songs by him and then going back and realizing, like, yeah, he's he's better than I remember. Um, do I put him above Elton John? I don't know because they always get compared and I would always yeah. go at it with a friend of mine in high school about who was better um, and I would always say Elton John because of his work on all the soundtracks that he did as well as just, you know, His other work, but it seems to me that Billy Joel probably, and I was thinking about this in comparison to Stevie Wonder, too. Like, while the, I guess what people consider the classic era of Stevie Wonder was better, like, the quality of Billy Joel's work really didn't diminish over time. Mm. Like, once you kind of got into the 80s with Stevie Wonder, we had some questionable songs, you know, like, he was just phoning it in. Um, and you could kind of say the same thing about some Elton John, like not all Elton John, but like Billy Joel seems like he remained kind of consistent through the 90s. I think with Elton John, like
0: into okay. the 80s, he he tried really hard. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm
2: trying to think like I'm still standing. Was that the 70s? Or? That was
0: in the 80s. That was in the 80s. OK, and I guess that's why they call it the blues was in the 80s. Yeah,
2: which weren't bad songs. I mean, I like those two, but it's like, there's not a lot of standouts, I guess. And then, of course, he comes back in the 90s, Candle in the Wind, The Way You Look Tonight. Um, And then the Lion King stuff. Yeah, and the Lion King stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's... But I guess that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, like, Stevie Wonder did not... Like, his good stuff was really... His highs were really high, but his lows... We're really low, <laughs> upset, and upset stomach and from a broken heart. <laughs> this is the same person that wrote "Just Enough for the City." Let that sink in. Um,
0: <laughs> but like you know, <laughs> but like we said before, was our theory about that song? It was a demo. It was demo. unfinished. It was a demo, and Barry Gordy's like, "We need it." <laughs> he just grabbed it. Whatever was around, he just grabbed it.
2: Um, but like the you know Billy Joel stuff in the eighties wasn't bad. Like Billy Joel stuff in the eighties was actually really good.
0: Right? I think that's where he he peaked. Like, well, that's where he kind of took off in yeah. the 80s. like in the seventies. He had a lot of good stuff. He won run for Album of the Year for Fifty Second Street. But then in the eighties, that's when like he was of the three in the eighties, Billy Joel was the most successful. He had mm-hmm. the most pop success. Yeah, and he had the like the image. Yeah. You know, um,
2: he got from behind that piano uh, piano. He's dancing a little bit. He's got the
0: supermodel wife. Meanwhile, Stevie is still blind. Maybe, maybe not. Ask (laughs) for Jones about Mm -hmm. that. Uh, (laughs) Um, and then Elton John, you know, what did people feel about his sexuality? And I think he was married to a woman, Mm -hmm. but people were confused about him, but, but here's Billy Joel. He's American. He's Italian. He's from New York. <laughs> York. He's got the the, the greatest tall, American city. Wife. Yeah, he's from the greatest city in the world. He is America. Yeah,
2: he got from <laughs> so. behind the piano. Like he, yeah, he stood up, started like I am thinking about the longest time. He's dancing in it. Yeah, like of those three, he was the only one. that... Granted, you know, can't really blame Stevie for that because he's not gonna dance. But <laughs> so you know, Billy Joel's up there dancing, and yeah, so it's just it's just interesting. I didn't think about his career like this until we, you know. We did this list, I was like, all right, yeah, he he did some stuff in the eighties. He didn't you know, his he had some cool stuff in the seventies, his little raw, more raw in the in the seventies, but like he really became like that pop singer, songwriter. And we didn't
0: even include like uh Tell Her About It, yeah. which was a number one single for yeah. him. Um I think there's another number one single that we didn't uh we
2: didn't include Still Rock and Roll to Me, which Still is Still Rock and Roll to which Me. Is, which a nice little, you know That's another song where in the video, he gets from behind the piano. Um, Just
0: the Way You Are. Just the Way, yeah, which was uh, famously covered by Barry White. Uh, What else do we miss? Uh, The single "An Innocent Man was a top ten song. You're Only Human, Um, Honesty, We Didn't Start the Fire, I Go to Extremes. We didn't start the fire though was- even yeah, that's <laughs> the a list, list. that's the a history list. lesson <laughs> uh so I mean, there are a lot of other great songs that he yeah. that he has, but in the eighties, I think it was his great success, and I think like uh when i first when I kind of first started paying attention to him um, mm-hmm. uh, I got w- one of his albums at the library, oh course. yeah, uh, but it was like the greatest hits, volume one and two, which I feel like is. That greatest hits mm-hmm. is one of the best selling albums of all time. Well, it was huge. Like
2: I remember, I um, tried to add... a greatest
0: hits album though. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to add it to
2: my um to like my playlist. It was like it's like fifty songs.
0: <laughs> it was like insane. I'm trying to see how it uh, actually sold. I know it's the greatest volume one and two. Well, I know the Eagles did
2: the same thing. To which they're like, I don't want to buy it all. So.
0: Twenty three million, Billy Joel, y'all. <laughs> a compilation, basically a compilation <laughs> album. Twenty three million. As far as like, what do you think is his best selling uh, uh, solo album? Um,
2: maybe Glass Houses because I know that had. Uh... Well,
0: it's actually you um, may it's be act- right. It's actually the Stranger. The Stranger. Yeah. Really, okay. Ten times platinum. So it it has gone diamond. Nice. That is his uh, his only diamond. Uh, Glass houses did sell over seven million. Fifty second Street seven million. And Innocent Man seven million. Okay. River of Dreams was five million. But. Uh, um, yeah, that I I thought that was a weird fact about the the compilation album. <laughs> it sold twenty three million copies. Man, so yeah,
2: Billy Joel, y'all. What's funny too? I remember he did. So I mean, he 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 did do a classical album, and it wasn't very good.
0: Um, about fantasies and delusions? Yeah, it that was, was the last one he made. That was two thousand one. Yeah, it's very boring.
2: Like I guess as far as like I don't know. Like for people who out there who like classical
0: music, he's it's just not it's just kind of, you know. It might have been something he just wanted to do yeah. because that's the last album he's made. Mm-hmm. And then the last album of uh original material is River of Dreams. Yeah. That was twenty five years ago. Mm hmm. He doesn't need to make any more new music. No, he
2: just I mean, he's one of those people now that just plays Concerts and just makes a lot of money.
0: Makes a lot of money doing it. So, yeah. All right. So that will do it for our. Um, I mean, he he does make live albums still. Yeah. Uh, his last one was Live at Shea Stadium, which was twenty eleven, which does not exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, and it's well, also in New York. It. Yeah, Jesus. of course it is. He
2: can't. He just.
0: <laughs> of course it is.
2: <laughs> If he stays out of New York too long, he starts to feel sick, starts to melt a little bit. It's like, Billy, you don't Where, look so Wherever
0: good. he is, do you think he he tries to take the bus back to New York? Probably. <laughs> it's all he knows,
2: man. He has like a, if he starts to feel homesick, he just puts on the, like, a Yankees hat. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Hey, but no, I'm not gonna hate. I mean, you know, good for him that wait, he just loves that he
0: played at Shea Stadium like, and not
2: Yankee you Stadium. did Yankee Stadium? Maybe they. I don't know. That's weird. Or maybe he just wanted to play there because the Beatles played there. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Because you would think I don't. Well, he's from the Bronx. Yeah, if you're from the Bronx, you you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, you're not. You don't like the, <laughs> you don't like the Mets. Like that's not your team. You like the Bronx Bombers. That's, I w- well, I guess I'll never meet him, but I, I, I would be curious to know why he didn't play at the Yankee Stadium. Probably down the street. <laughs> he could walk.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? What? It was the last concert at Shea Stadium. Before uh, it got torn uh, down. so he wanted to close so it down. So there you go. Well, he, there you go. That makes sense. He closed it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for our Because 5 Billy Joel songs. He was probably happy to. He <laughs> like, was like, yeah, destroy it,
2: destroy it.
0: And uh, we'll get to my earworm of the week. All right, so this song, um I'll tell you on my commute to work, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm listening to either uh, my New Jack Swing playlist or the daily mix of pop that Spotify makes for me, even though it's like the same 25 songs, okay. <laughs> they just put them in a different order. But one that I liked, uh, I hadn't heard before. Um, I heard like when we did our episode, that was uh, like, I had heard it like shortly before then. Okay. Um, and it's called I'll fly for you by Spandau Ballet. Mm. Um, there is no band that would make a song that sounds like this anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's jazz. it It's jazzy. It's poppy. And it, you hear the song in a lounge in 1987 or whenever this song came out. I can dig it. Um, so this is Spandau Ballet. I'll fly for you from their album parade, not the Prince under the cherry moon soundtrack. And uh, we'll play that and uh, I'll get it queued up and we'll be right back. That is "I'll Fly for You" by Spandau Ballet.
2: I love that. That sounds like that. Rem, that makes me think of East Atlanta. Really? Like, yeah, it just makes me think of East, at, like East Atlanta on a rainy day. Mm. Like, I really like this song. I, I've already added it to a playlist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so that's from the album Parade. Uh, what you see is the single art. I don't know; it was a single, but it was. Mm-hmm. All right. So that will do it for our program. Um, Ben, can you tell the people where we can be
2: found? Yes. Hey, so, oh, there's a light on me, like a little bit of light. That's kind of cool. All right. (laughs) Kind of creepy too. But Hey, so if you saw that and what I'm doing with my hands, you're watching us on Facebook live, um, or at least the recording of our Facebook live. So yeah, I found our Facebook page. Thanks for watching. Um, um, if you are watching, and we gotta I, gotta, I gotta get better about being in there to see if people are commenting.
0: But I do too. Yeah,
2: we gotta be better about I had that. I it open,
0: but I, then I didn't go back to it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so if you're in there, you know, feel free to interact with us. We don't mind, you know, looking down to answer a question or two if you have any. If you are watching, uh, we do appreciate that. So Facebook.com/slash. Um, um, by the time you hear this, we also have a website at bythetimeyouhearthis.com. Um, if you uh, want to check us out on Instagram, you can find us at By The Time You Hear This. Um, so let, let me reverse a bit. The Facebook and the website are spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. The Instagram, as well as our email address at gmail.com, By The Time You Hear This, are spelled with the letter U. And that is because... We're upstanding. Mm-hmm. And not under investigation. At least to our knowledge.
5: I mean, <laughs> I, w- I would hate to find that out one
2: day, get a letter... Like an email. What like, you do, man? I ain't done nothing. I I mean neither. But you don't have to do anything, so you know, just sometimes it just happens. Yeah, it's true. it's yeah, true. So it just We're happens. just being watched. Yeah. God For I hope no we're reason. not on a list. <laughs> I hope we're not on a list. Oh god. Uh I love America. I'm just gonna put that out there. Love America. Um if you want to listen to us on the go, which many people do, you can you do it on your, on your on your smartphones, which are just getting smarter by the day. Um, if you want to check us out, um, if you have an Apple device, the iOS um, operating system, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, um, iTunes, the little symbol, the purple symbol with the antenna and the waves coming out of the antenna. That's what those are. Yes. Go and search for us on there. You can find us. Um, if you want to find us on Podomatic, you can also find us on CastBox, Overcast, Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Satchel Podcast Player. And uh, Listen Notes now. So, yeah, if you go on there, you can just search for us. And our podcast is there. Um, so, shout out to them. Thanks for emailing us. We do appreciate that and letting us know that we're there. Just another way for you to find us.
0: Yeah. So, when you search Billy Joel on Listen Notes, you should find this episode. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, uh, that'll bring us to the end here. What's a What's a Billy Joel song we can go out with?
2: Um. I don't know I had one in my mind and now I forgot it was one of the ones that was on his best of that we did not cover um, uh, we got um, still rock and roll to me we could go with or we could go with Um, um you may be right do 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 I may be crazy
0: Do 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 that's from glass houses yes. which neither of us had any songs from it yeah
2: which, ac- <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite titles because it's literally just him holding a rock about to throw it at a glass house <laughs> <laughs> and i just always thought that was a really cool um album cover so yeah all right we'll go with that yeah we didn't have any albums any songs from glass house no okay
0: yeah uh so we'll go with that and we'll play you may be right to end the show, thank you everyone for listening and downloading, and we'll talk to you guys very, As uh, let me get it queued up here, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you very, very soon, peace, peace.